Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, guys, we're, uh, we're in our final week of our little series we've been doing on foundational truths. And uh, we started off with repentance and we talked around what repentance was and why we do it and all those sorts of things. Last week, Lou preached a cracker of a message on faith in God. And I was listening, re-listening to that again this week. I can let you know, you can actually jump on our podcast if you've missed a message or, or whatever. You can go on and listen and uh, you'll get be able to you know, connect into what we've been doing and speaking about. But today I want to talk about baptism. Baptism. Who here has actually been baptised? And hands go up everywhere. That's great. It's fantastic. You know, um, this, this little series that we've been doing came out of uh, Hebrews 6, verse 1. As I was reading it, I felt like, and yeah, probably for a lot of years, I mean, when I say a lot of years, I mean like 15 years, I've wanted to preach on this verse, and I never really have. I've never really preached on it. But um, I really felt God wanted us to look into the, uh, the principles under spiritual formation, so not just the practices of prayer, devotion, you know, uh, silence and solitude and all those sorts of things, but what, what sits underneath that that em- empowers us to do those things. And so that's why we looked at these things that Paul calls elementary teachings. All right, what he means by that is these are teachings we should know as Christians because we should have known it when we were first born again. We should have been taught it early on in our Christian walk and, uh, and that we should understand these things because they are elementary teachings. They're things that every Christian should know. And if we don't know these things or we don't understand them, then we need to, we need to learn about them. We need to go back and investigate the foundations and say, well, you know, does repentance actually unfold in my life? How does it work? Or, or what about faith in God? I loved Lou's message last week because it was very practical about your life with Jesus and just living this Christian life and having faith in God in this life and trusting Him. And I think one of the words you used a lot was trust. Trusting, trusting God because because you know the outwork of faith in our life will be we will live in a place of trust in God and we will believe that God uh, will work on our behalf. But today we're going to look at water baptism or baptism, um, in particular water baptism. We're not going to look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit this week, but because um, I want us to look at you know well, what is baptism? Why do we do it? What's its purpose? But what, more than that, what actually takes place on the inside of us? It's not it's just a religious action, as in we do it because we're Christian. That's not why we get baptised. There's something more to it. There's, there's the Jesus, Jesus himself was baptised. So there's got to be a reason, right? If, if God in the flesh came to earth in the bodily form called Jesus Christ... And one of the first things he did in his moments on earth when he was ready to go into ministry was to be baptised, water baptised by John. Then that's got to tell us that there's something important about this element of our Christian experience and the process of our Christian faith. Often, you know, there's a bit of a a process. Life is worked out in processes and moments and, and, and baptism is like a moment in our life with Christ. It's an important moment. It's an essential moment. 
It's not either or moment. It's, it's actually something we really should take serious and understand and participate in because there's an important elements here of this process in our life that, that, that God wants us to have. And we can see that because Jesus was baptised as well. So let's go to Hebrews 6 verse 1 and we'll start there. It says, therefore, should come up on the screen. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Okay, so he's saying we should be growing in our faith. We shouldn't be stuck back in the early teachings of what we should have learnt when we first became a Christian, but we should progress forward in those teachings. We should, we should be moving forward in our growth. And, and the ultimate goal of a Christian life is to grow more and more like Christ. We wanna become more and more like Jesus while we're on the earth. We will never become Jesus, but we can become more and more like Him. So Paul says, we want, want, he wants us to come to a place and move forward towards maturity. Mature Christianity, mature Christians. And so, and he goes on to say, not laying again the foundation of repentance from the acts of lead to death or faith in God, which we heard last week, or the instruction about cleansing. Other versions will say about baptism. And so that's where we're gonna go today. And the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment and God permitting we will do so. Is it, I actually find it interesting. We're not gonna get to these other topics because we'll move into something different next week. But, but I find it interesting that Paul says that the elementary teachings of things like uh, laying out of hands, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment are all elementary teachings in the kingdom, all of them. And so it's quite interesting to think that would be an elementary teaching, not, not, not necessarily Bible reading. He doesn't mention reading your Bible. He doesn't mention even prayer here. What he says is these things undergirt those, those, uh, those disciplines, those practices in our life that um, we have to have things like repentance and faith in God in place, understand what it means that we're water baptised and then the idea of laying on our hands, all these sorts of things. I'd love to get into the rest of it, but we don't have time. So, 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 have you got your Bible? Why don't you come with me to... The book of Acts, chapter 19, verse 1. So we're going to look at Paul's encounter with some disciples. And he has a discussion about baptism. And he says, While Apollos was in, at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? And they said, John's baptism. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptised in the name of Jesus, the Lord Jesus. So I'm gonna stop there. I don't wanna go any further than that. I wanna sit in this space here. I don't wanna, but it goes on to moving on into that, you know, once they were baptised, Paul lays his hands on them, they get filled with the Holy Spirit. They prophesy and speak in tongues. But I don't wanna focus there. I wanna focus here because Paul shows us something about baptism and he talks about something. I thought it was a little bit of a contradiction to start with that he would say that John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, but then they get baptised into the name of Jesus. And, and, and I was thinking, what, what's the difference there? What is that all about? Because the reality is, is it's one and the same thing. 
It's one and the same thing. It's a different phrase, but it's actually the same process, right? Jesus, uh, we, were, we are baptised into water and then we come up out of water and it's a symbolism of an internal change that takes place inside of us. And so I saw this, uh, this, 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 these words Paul put in there and he said, you know, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And we talked about repentance the other week and I know I've been talking to Terry about this as well and, and just, you know, how, how, how much bigger this idea of baptism really is. Of, of how much there's more to it than just being baptism of repentance. There's more than just coming to the point of, of baptism and coming to Christ and just living in that repentance zone. That's a, that's a starting point. That's the process we all must go through to be saved, that we have to come before God and we have to confess our sin. We have to be repentant in our hearts and we have to turn to God. We have to allow that godly sorrow to lead us to repentance. Why? Because it takes us to salvation. And so the Bible says that, you know, godly sorrow leads us to salvation, repentance and then salvation. So, so but we see here Paul saying that, that, that they receive the baptism of repentance but then they were baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus. And I was thinking about that. I thought about the idea that that's a little bit like a coin. It's one and the same thing, but it's got two separate sides. There's heads and there's tails. Once a year on Anzac Day, you can play that game. It's a naughty game and we shouldn't play it, but there's a game they play. But heads and tails, right? And so Paul's describing something in more depth than we maybe would have understood at that time. Here's these guys, there was about 12 disciples and they, um, they'd been baptised with John, right? John's baptism was the baptism they received. Now there's speculation around whether these guys were actually even followers of Christ. Some scholars say, well, you know, like they were disciples of John, not of Jesus. But even if that's the argument, John, it says here that John pointed people to Christ, right? So his job was not to baptise people in his own name. He never baptised people in the name of John. He baptised them in Jesus because in, in the one to come, right? So, so, so we see that, 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 that the argument can be there that no, these guys would have known about Jesus because John's whole purpose was to tell people about the one that was coming, the, the Lord, the Saviour, and that Jesus, even Jesus, you know, we're talking about Acts now, so, you know, these guys would have known who Jesus was. But yet they didn't realise, or they didn't have a full understanding. What was John doing here? Uh, what was he doing here? What was, what was Paul doing? Was it Paul? I think, yeah, it's Paul that's writing this. He's... He's looking to see where the maturity of these Christians are at. So he's asking questions to see whether they fully understand what has taken place in their life. That's what he's asking. He's trying to gauge maturity. Where are they at in their growth in God? Where are they at? Where, have they, where, where do they find themselves? Where's their understanding at? Because there was a gap in their understanding about what this was all meant to be about. They, they got, they got baptised in John in the repentance. They obviously must have had a moment of repentance in their world, 
but they didn't see the entirety of what baptism was. They were living in a space where they didn't see the fullness of what baptism's all about because there is the going into the water part, which symbolises us being, you know, baptism of repentance. We go down into the waters and we come up and it's a cleansing process. We come out clean. We come out, you know, uh, baptised and, 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 a, and a new life is given to us in that process. But these guys didn't seem to understand the second half of the coin. They seem to get the idea that, yeah, we were baptised into John. We were we, we, that place of repentance. We said sorry to God. We, we gave our lives to God. But, but you know what? God didn't just save us from something. He saved us to something. All right? Baptism is the same deal. We're not just baptised from something, but we're baptised to something. Right? So we're, obviously we, we all know where we've come from. Well, we all know what God's done in our life to, and Jesus has done in our life to bring us out of a place in our life that was not good or was away from God. We're very good at knowing where we have been and what we've been baptised from, what we've been saved from. But sometimes it can be hard to know what we've been baptised to. And that's what, John is, that's, what, that's what Paul is talking about here. Paul was questioning their depth of understanding of baptism. He was gauging where they were at in Christ and the level of their maturity. So baptism is a symbolism of something internal. It's an outworking declaration of an internal transformation. That's what baptism is. All right, it, 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 it doesn't save you. You're already saved when you confess Christ, right? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you're saved. Right, it's part of a confession, but it's very much a, if you even if you'd like to look at it as a, like a next step in the process of that salvation experience to become a disciple. It would be a next step in that process that I would get water baptized. Why? Because because you can get saved in private, but baptism is a public expression. Right? When you look in the Bible, people were done out in the open. They were in public before other people. And it's a confession before man to say that I, I, I have given my life to Jesus. I now choose to live my life all of my days following Christ, becoming more and more like Him and growing in my faith to become more and more like a follower of Jesus. I will become a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what baptism is. It shouldn't be taken lightly. I'll baptise guys who have taken it lightly and I hadn't realised until later because they were too immature and I didn't realise. They needed more time to find understanding because they had no understanding of what it was about. And uh, one guy did a big bomb in the pool and that should have been a sign that maybe he wasn't ready (laughs) and I needed to spend a little bit more time with him explaining to him, this is what it really is all about. Take it serious because it's a serious moment in our Christian faith that we all need to have. And so it's these two sides of the coin. We've been baptised in repentance, but we're also being raised again with Christ. Is this making sense? Yeah. Yeah. So come with me to the book of Romans. We've got a bit of a chunky bit of scripture here we're going to read. So bear with me. I'm probably not the greatest reader in the room. So verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning? So this is Paul speaking. He says, Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. 
How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through, <coughs> through baptism into the death uh, into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life, a new life. Think, hold that in your mind, a new life. For if we, were, uh, if we have been united with him in his death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in, the re- in his res- in a re- in, sorry, with him in a resurrection like he's. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Set free. That word free, there's that word freedom. Free, free, free. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives in God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life. That's interesting, isn't it? Brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin should no longer be your master because you are not under law, but under grace. Such a descriptive passage of Scripture. There's a lot in it. We can't go through everything here. But, um, but there's just so much illustration here of what baptism actually is all about. You know, what, what being uh, baptised in Christ and raised again is all about. That very process of being, you know, dunked in water and coming out of the water is, 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 is identifying with Christ's experience of dying and being resurrected, of, 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 of the past being dealt with and the future being open to us. And so baptism is an opportunity for us to move forward in Christ. It's a commitment to live our lives for Jesus as a disciple. So the first thing we see here is that the old man is dealt with. The old man is dealt with. It says our old self, we get a new life. The old man's gone. The old man is dealt with. What's the old man represent? The old patterns of sin and the old patterns of behaviours that were not of God. All those things, the power of those things get broken in Christ when we're baptised. I remember remember saying... um, yeah, because we talk about baptism being cleansed, cleansing. And I had a mate that had, like, he was riddled with tattoos, tattoos all over him. And uh, he got born again, come to church, got born again. And, uh, and it was his time to be baptised and we'll muck it around with him. I said, do you realise that um, all those thousands of dollars of tattoos, when you get baptised, they're all going to wash off. <laughs> and he looked at me and he's like, what? no. What are you talking about? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, God's going to do, he's going to cleanse your skin. And, and, and anyway, I ended up having to say to him, no, look, I'm just kidding. It's all right. It's not about washing tattoos off. But, but it was quite a funny moment because he was so green, I guess, in his, in his walk with God. He had no clue. And uh, I love non-Christian, like people that are new Christians like that because you, you can have good fun with them. <laughs> 
I'm just joking. Just joking. But the old man can be dealt with. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, for the old is gone and the new has come. The old is gone. We got that? No, we don't, I don't know if I gave that to you, Lou. The old is gone, the new has come. That's what baptism is. The process of baptism, the old is gone, the new has come. There's power in baptism. Second thing is we are set free from sin. Sin is disempowered through the process of baptism because we identify with Christ. Sin no longer becomes dominant in our life. We're no longer controlled by sin. Sin now becomes a choice. We choose to sin. Why? Because God has given us the power not to sin by grace. It says that we live this life in grace. Grace empowers us not to sin. Some people treat grace like Greece and they think it's like you can slip out of situations. But that's not what grace is. Grace is an empowerment of God to live our life above sin, to say no to sin. Why? Because sin no longer is our master. Jesus broke its power through the process of dying and being resurrected. That's what baptism in is our life. Sin becomes a choice instead of a controlling factor in our world. And we have the power to say no. And the third thing is we are given a new life in Christ. So Romans says, Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ, in, in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we're given a new life in Him. So this is all symbolic. This, the whole process of water baptism is symbolising our identification with Jesus' death and resurrection. It's so important for us to understand that it's not just being about saved from something, but God is saving us to something. It's like, what is God's future for your life? What is it that He has for you? What is it that He wants you to grow into? Because there's not just, you're not, we're not just escaping the fire. As a Christian, oh, I got saved five. I don't have to go to hell. That's amazing. Of course, it's amazing, but there's so much more. There's so much more for us than just getting, get, getting out of, like, you know, sort of just escaping the fire of hell. There's actually so much promise, so much potential. There's so much that God has for us. For instance, what is the calling of God on your life? Because every single person sitting in this room is called by God for something. There is a purpose behind your salvation. There's a reason God has brought you into His kingdom. And it wasn't just to save you from hell. It wasn't just to save you from addiction and from all, all sorts of different problems in our lives. There actually is a calling and a purpose on your life that God originally set in place before you even knew Him. What is that? You won't know it if you only ever live your life by just escaping the fire. There's got to be a pursuit of what is it that God has for me? Because I can tell you now, there's so much potential in this room. God sees it. He knows it. But do you know it? See, baptism is a milestone moment in our worlds, right? Life is lived or remembered by milestone moments, right? When I was born, when I became a teenager, when I became an adult, 
when I got engaged, when I got married, when I had children, these are all moments that are remembered in life. Now the kingdom of God is exactly the same. We remember when we got saved, right? We remember when we got water baptised. We remember when we got filled with the Holy Spirit. We remember when we stepped into that ministry role for the first time. We remember this. We remember the milestones of our faith. We remember the first person we spoke to to about God. We remember our friend that got saved. We remember all these different things and their milestones in our life. And that is exactly what Christianity or, or, or baptism is about. It's a milestone moment. It's a moment of not just turning another leaf, but turning another life. Yeah, we talk about in New Year's Eve, we talk about, oh, we're just going to turn another leaf in and, and change something. We don't need to turn more leaves or more pages. We need to turn our life around. And the only way we can do that is not in our own strength, but through the strength of Christ. Can I have the musicians come? So Paul's describing this whole idea that baptism is more than just escaping the fire. It's more than just repentance. There's so much more promise attached to the process of being water baptised that it's actually a significant milestone moment in the lives of every believer. You know, I remember, and I've still got it somewhere, I don't know exactly where it is at the moment, but I know I've got it, a certificate that I got given from the day I was baptised. Scary part is that as a photo of me getting baptised on it. That's scary because I had no T-shirt on. It was really scary. But yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, what, what we're trying to achieve through this, this foundational truth series is just to revisit some of these deeper meanings, these deeper um, principles, if you like, of what it means to be a Christian. And we, I'd love to have more weeks to go on. And we'll touch on some more of this down the track when I've got a few more weeks spare to do it. Because I think it's important to understand, you know, even foundations are built on something. So, you know, they dig out foundations. And if you say you're doing a, for instance, a rock garden bed, right? They don't just sit it on the dirt, but they'll lay gravel and they'll compact it and then they'll build from there. Why? Because even foundations have something that's undergirding them. And, and so my heart is that we would not just become really good at our Bible reading, which I want all that stuff, don't get me wrong, but we would understand why we do it in the first place. We'd understand why, why we're even in this room right now. We'd understand what, what, what are the principles underneath, say, the discipline of coming to church. Because it's not a religious action. And if it is for you, you need, to, you need to learn why you show up. Why do you turn up to connect group? Why do you come to church? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you pray? Why do you take times of sabbatical? Why do we take times of silence and solitude? Why do we fast? Why do we do these things? Because it's not for religious, religion's sake. Because if we're doing it for religion's sake, there's no life. But the Bible tells us that we get a new life when we're baptised, we, we get a new life in Him. There's new purpose and new meaning. I guess, you know, as the pastor here, I just don't want us to be aimlessly wandering 
through this faith life thinking, what is it all about? Why do I do this? I want you to know why we do these things. You know, the ultimate goal of spiritual formation in no matter what you do in that formation zone, the ultimate goal is intimacy with Christ. All of this, all of this is for one reason, really, that we would draw nearer and, 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 and be more connected and intimate with Jesus. That's what it's all about. It's not about looking the part. It's not about, you know, like being seen as the most holy of holy Christians in the room. It's none of that kind of junk. It's not about performance. It's about relationship. And the reason we do these things is because it builds our relationship with Jesus. The reason we pray is because it helps us draw nearer to Him. The reason we read the Word is because one, it helps us understand Him better, but it also helps us hear His voice. It makes Him become real to us, just like the person sitting next to you. So why are we here? Why do we do this? I don't come to church for any other reason but to be able to draw nearer to Jesus. And, and then the, the, you know, the side benefit of that is I get to hang out with all you people. But if you didn't come, I'd still be here. Why? Because this is, for me, this is about me and God as much as it is about me and you. And, it, and relationships are important. But I don't come to church because of religion or because somebody told me I have to. I come because I have a relationship with Jesus and I want to worship Him. I want to connect with Him. Church is a place of intimacy. It's a place of connection with God. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.